Hey guys, welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk. Now today we are covering the third book in a very special series we've been floating around TikTok and it came to us from our very special guest who's here with us today. So we had her on a couple books ago and we're back with TikTok's very own Listen with Brit. Thanks for having me again, guys. <laughs> oh, we're so happy to have you. Of course, I'm your host, Caitlin, joined by my other co-host, Tilda and Bridget. Hi. Hi. And today we're talking about a series that Britt recommended to us, which is the Kingdom of the Wicked series. And we're covering book three, which just dropped last Tuesday. week, actually, on the 17th, Tuesday. Yeah. And we have sped through all of it to, to get here to drop it to you right when you needed this recap the most because we have thoughts and feelings. And I got a few hot takes that I said before you joined, Britt, which gave me, I got some hot looks from, and they're like, yeah, what? Uh, so, you know, we'll get into some thoughts and feelings. Nice. Um, but we were very excited because we did not have this book on our schedule when you originally mentioned Wrath and we were talking about your why choose and he was on there and we're like, well, if this man is on your why choose, like we, we've got to get into this book and see what it's like. Oh, so he's, he even went up higher because of book three. He did. What number is he right now? Uh, two. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. That's Wait, so is Resand still your number one? Yes, he, he is indeed. You know, yeah. I'm going to say it was, what is it? The feathers that did it for you? <laughs> you know, I love the stroking of the wings. <laughs> I did check the some sh- earlier. The shudder, if you will. <laughs> I finished this book probably like an hour before we jumped onto this recording. And I was keeping them abreast of my progress. And I'm like, I'm at the part where she got feather fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Just came off, and they're like, "Yep, that's we know exactly what part you're at." So they alert. even referenced like something saying like f- phantom feathers or phantom hands, and I was yeah, like, "It, was, it yeah. comes back to the phantom again, like Dorian strikes." No, I love okay. phantom anything. I just I love know. It. So, so I feel good. like this is a perfect segue into controversial topic number one, which Caitlin. This was my hot. I'm take. still, I'm still a little offended and processing this. So my hot take, which makes sense to hear you say he's number two to, to, to Reese as your number one, is I said Wrath is the JV version of Reese. So he's not quite top tier. He's not on the varsity team. He's he's JV. Junior varsity. <laughs> yeah. And this this grew some eyes and some hate at me. Because I'm like. I, I was. There was no hate. It was just a little shock. like. It was a little shocked, but also, like, I made a similar conclusion, but, I mean, Reese didn't tell his wife the dangers of having a C-section or having birth, and, you know, I felt like Wrath was always, like, up front with his wife. Listen, Reese is number one for me, I think, for sure. I just, I don't know. She goes, I think, for no, no, sure. he is. He is. It's like a tough call. Him and Cassian, it's like, you know, brothers of the same bond. Like, I'll take them both. Again, it's that, called that why was choose. My hot take. Like, that was why? My hot take. Like, he, it's not there for me. But when you said he's your number two, I'm like, well, it's because you've got your well, varsity. <laughs> he's number two. Because I think he, he, oh, he could have been number one. Oh. But I like Reese because Reese has, um, He's went through trauma that I really, I mean, I don't like, but I think he's got a deeper story to tell that I'm very 
um, sympathetic towards. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I like broken characters and Wrath, I wouldn't consider a broken character. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I would consider this. um, My favorite thing in the whole world to read is redemption arcs and understanding people where they're coming from. And even if they mess up, I'm just like this, this person is broken. This uh, I like to feel sympathy. I like to understand. Um, I don't think Reese um, was any different in Akaseth than he was for the rest of the series. No, it's just perspective. It's he's he's kept secrets since day one. And um, if you're, if you think about his trauma, he's had to keep secrets for the last 50 years from Amarantha. The only way he knows how to protect people is to not tell anybody anything. Right. And Valaris, the entire time that he grew up there was always a secret. So the man knows no other way. He knows no other ways. So I get it. A trauma response for him is don't tell anybody anything until I can fix it. Oh, that is an excellent, excellent. Yeah. I see it, but I just was hoping with Thera it would have been different. And I get that, but I actually like—I don't know—I like, like I said, I like broken characters. It takes a long time to fix someone. Between Akatar and Akasif is two years. I want to say three. Is it really? I thought it was like a couple months. No, I thought it was like no. two years, maybe. Really? No, because wow. Feyre turns later. Feyre has two birthdays. Oh, oh you're right. She's... And then Nesta went crazy for a year after the third book. It was a year. Like mm-hmm. Cassian let her have her. They all let her yeah. have. They tried to let her be alone for a whole year. And so I think it's three. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah. I believe I'll you. That. I believe anything you said. But anyways, yeah. he goes from he goes from being essayed for fifty years to finding his mate to going through all that. Very in short three years, of time. he's like, it seems too quick for him to be like, I'm a golden boy. I know what to do with everything. Like, no, this man, in my opinion, has the most trauma out of the whole group. I oh, think he's the yeah. most troubled out of anybody, and so I personally give him a little bit of, oh, even though he did was what he did was wrong. I'm not being like whatever. No, what he did was wrong. But like, I understand. We know it was wrong, but we understand it. But I agree with you because this man had dropped off my list for why choose. And then I saw that one fan art where he was underneath the mountain and Amarantha was behind him. You can't really see her, but I just fell back into the hole that is obsessing over this man. I think people forget. I think they do. I be, especially after Akasif, because he is painted in a bit of a different light because you're getting a different POV. He is. Yeah, he's you a get a douchebag asshole protector, but he's not nice to them. And he is who he is. He's he's a dick. He's he's a morally yeah. great character. And that's Anyways, why we love so, him. Kingdom of the Feared. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to Akatar. It does. It for does. Blood and Ash and Zodiac Academy at some point. <sighs> always. You know, we love a good tangent, and that was one heck of a good one. But we actually have a book <laughs> we're going to talk about, um, and it's The Kingdom and the Wicked Book 3. So I will do my best to hit us with a three-minute lay of the land. Where are we in this book? What happened before we dive into it? So here's your three-minute recap. 
So we immediately start this book series with a flashback scene to Sophia Santorini, who, if you remember from books one and two, is kind of the old crazy Sophia Santorini who got stuck in her memories after doing a dark scurrying session. So she has a prophecy, um, something she's not supposed to see, where another witch coven kind of comes in and, and knocks her out and causes her memories to be all erased. Um, and we are back in with Wrath and Amelia in the underworld. And Amelia is trying desperately – well, we know she has her hidden powers hidden away. Her memory's not fully unlocked. We know that there's still a curse on Wrath that they need to figure out. And so a lot of this book centers on her trying to figure out does she want to know who she truly is. And there's a couple other mysteries she needs to solve. Someone gets murdered. Meanwhile, we have the mystery of what's happening with her twin sister who mysteriously came back from the dead, Vittoria. Um, Amelia seeks to go back and find out who she truly is with the help of Vittoria. And in so doing so, realizes that they are not just witches or shadow witches as they previously thought. They are both goddesses who have been kind of sent away um, in punishment and sort of a tangential curse of the curse that Wrath has. So they set out to... Amelia specifically sits out to undo the curse of Round Wrath, realizing that they have limited time, not a whole lot of time to act. Um, but they do succeed in getting the curse away from Wrath, which means that once he truly loves someone, they're not banished and taken away from him. We know Wrath loves Amelia. And so with, what, minutes on the clock, they're able to stop the curse before uh, they're both wretched away from each other. And peace happens amongst the kingdoms. The different princes kind of. of hell. Now, is that the best recap? No, there's a lot that goes down in between all those little plot points. So I'm going to use the help of the squad here to bring us back into what actually happened in all those different plot points. Okay, so, I mean, you did a better job than I think I'm going to do on this deep dive because... Oof. You know, like when you're thinking back, you're like, what happened? It's, so, too, it's too much just to say in three minutes because... It's too much, so it's better to just talk it out. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that we were talking about right before we got started was she introduced a lot of different storylines in the third book, which was really unexpected. And I think that's why that's part of the confusion, because thinking back on it, I don't think we were fully aware of what was happening with Amelia and these hidden memories until this book. Like we kind of got a snippet of it before she was having like weird deja vu but we weren't right. quite sure what that was until we got to this book and we're like oh there's this whole hidden and i was expecting of more of victoria's storyline to be in this third book but it wasn't it was replaced by the murder and you're like okay so, so. just quick i guess super unveiling of what actually happened so we find out that there is an eighth Sin House, and it's the House of Vengeance. We actually talked about it, and I think the last podcast or the podcast before. Remember, I said um, there was like there's eight houses, and you're like, no, it's only seven. And I was like, it's the seven sins, and we're like, oh yeah, well they mentioned eighth, so I was like, maybe the prince that rules has a second house. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Now we know. Um, so it's the House of Vengeance, ruled by two goddesses. Um, so Fury, the goddess of Fury, and the goddess of Death. So Amelia is Fury, but Victoria is death and their mother is the crone or aka celestia also um, like the matron of potions or something yep 
Who now, I did have questions on her because this was, a, I don't know, was it confusing to you guys how they all fit in together? The maiden and the crone. But then the Celestia first witch is the crone, but then you have the first witch and the, the first witch is Cersei. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, and she's cousins to the goddess, apparently. That was the part I was like, oh, crap. If they never told me, I would have never made the connection because they tell you at the end of the book. Right, so, where they say like, oh, so-and-so's the niece. And I had, I went back to read it three times. I'm like, the niece? Did I miss this? So, that's why it didn't get a five star because this, um, yeah. she threw too much. She threw she threw too much in, in not a flowy way. A lot of it was like yeah. reveal via like, talking to somebody else yeah. when it came to like, her secrets and who she was and how everything. Yeah. So was. there was, was a lot like, of telling what? instead of showing in this book. There was showing. Yeah. There was a lot of showing, but there was a lot of telling, which I mean. There's all that spicy showing. Yes. I thought the amount of spice in this book was fr- perfect. Did anybody notice they didn't do it in a bed one time? Not one time. Did yes, they in a bed. I did. That is an excellent point. You know, I wait, no, they did it once. No, they didn't. Not not sex. I was going to say, I thought they faded to black it when they were in bed. Mm -mm. I was paying attention. I was just like, not one time. Didn't they start off in the the springs and they went into the bed and then that's Mm -hmm. where she went into the Shadowlands? She didn't do it again then. She was shackled in the... Mm -hmm. She was holding on to the things. Yes. And then I thought... Yeah, but that didn't finish there. That was in the bathroom. Where were the shackles? Was it on like stalactites? In the library. The shackles yeah, she was holding on to the oh, library. The shackles are at the end. <laughs> in his personal library. The shackles were at the end and I was like, okay, that's yeah, right. maybe that's you that's can right. end up on my wide shoes list after this. That's, 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 right. just, that's what it was. That's what it was. We named a smorgasbord of places. We're like, no, it was stalactites. And no, it was the bed and the cuffs. And the like, yeah, there was a lot, a lot of that. Yeah, I was also confused the first time they actually did it. Um, in Greed's, like, circle? Actually had sex. Yeah. No, yes. she was against a wall, and he went behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That and was in? In his, yeah. the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yes. And um, it didn't hurt her or anything. I was like, isn't she a virgin? And I was like, does well, Carrie not know how to write a, a spicy <laughs> A spicy Is she a virgin? No, no. So she's not. She's not because that's when she got her memories back. I was like, oh, they've done this. They've done this before. You're right. Oh, no, I thought she was like, like, I was just like, why isn't this hurting? (laughs) Because like, obviously he's well endowed. Mm -hmm. But I just thought she had done stuff with someone else before. No, No. she didn't. She Mm -hmm. asked her before along the books. Like she hadn't done anything with anybody. Interesting. So, she was like, I've shared a few that. kisses before. So before we I like this. go into We're already all of into this, the good just, stuff. Let me let's just clarify really quickly what's going on. Okay. So Pride was married to Lucia, who was the daughter of the first witch. And mm-hmm. so Pride has always been a philanderer. He's never been loyal um, because he likes getting adulation and attention from everybody. Um, and so Lucia, however, fell in love with him and she kind of is, mm, she knew going into it that he would, you know, have dalliances with other things, people, demons. I don't know what we want to call them. Um, but as she's falling for him, she finds that she has issues with that. Her mother is Cersei, the first witch. Her mother um, doesn't want, obviously, her daughter to suffer. Um she goes to Wrath and asks Wrath 
to basically break them up, break up Pride and Lucia, something like that. And Wrath refuses to do it. Both of them can decide their fate. So that pisses off Cersei. So then she goes to House Vengeance and she recruits um, Victoria and Amelia to basically make Wrath and Pride fall in love with them, thinking that they're the same woman. And then Wrath would catch Pride with would catch Pride with Victoria, think it's Amelia, and go batshit crazy and get into a huge fight with his brother. In the process of doing that, though, Amelia falls in love with Wrath. And we think that Victoria falls in love with Pride. We're really not quite sure what happens there. Um, and so Lucia, again, Cersei's daughter, decides that she's just going to leave Pride. And she takes a forgetting spell or something, whatever, um, just to forget everything. And so then they take her to the Shifting Isles, which apparently is this weird hell dimension that can become whatever you want it to become. And so she decides to go to the hell dimension, i.e. Palermo, which is in Sicily. Anyways, long story short, she ends up becoming Claudia who is the twins' best friend. So going back to... So at what point do you think she cursed Wrath? Because Wrath wasn't in love with Amelia at that time because he was like, the only thing I love is my wings. Because he didn't know. No, he was. He had fallen for her at that point. I don't think so because at that time... He had. He had fallen for her at that point. And so, but then Cersei showed up and was like, I'm going to curse you. And then that's when, like, they did the bargain. But by then, it wasn't clear, though, when Emilia and Vittoria, like, disappeared from their lives. Like, stuff was supposed to go down in the garden. And apparently, Emilia told Wrath what was going to happen. But then they, like, disappeared. And then that's when their memories were taken. And they got hidden with the witch families. And then the curse mm-hmm. happened with the wings being taken and blah, blah, blah. See, that's so, why I think she had to have cursed him before she even went to House of Vengeance. Because I think, from what I recall, and I could be wrong, when she had cursed him, the only thing that he loved was his wings. And then she, the part of the curse was, well, whatever you love, you're never going to have. And then that's when he made the bargain. You have six years six months or whatever and then i think after that is she met him i don't know this was the part that we're like what's correct here i'm unsure this is the part where i was very confused and as you were saying these hilda i was writing notes because i'm like all of these things were confusing to me yeah the middle part of that was i was talking to my friend through this i was just like what like why did why did she make a curse and why did she accept his bargain because that did not make sense to me i was like why he's a prince of hell so he can't be cursed so in order to make the curse work he has to actually make a bargain because i king of hell i took it as she wanted it to be permanent and she was being greedy so instead of just cursing him she was like oh well you're gonna lose anyway i'm gonna give you the six years six months and six days and i'm gonna make it permanent and make it worse yeah i I don't know emilia said at one point when she when we had like the phantom feathers Mm -hmm. um that she had never seen his wings before because he hadn't shown her. So it's not that he didn't have them. So while the timeline is weird, 
he got cursed after she disappeared. Because yes, I think right. what wasn't that part of it too that like he couldn't he couldn't look for her or he had given her his heart. I that part was weird to me too because then her heart got removed. There's a lot going on, guys. There's a lot going on. And so I, There's a lot going on. Initially, I was it was good. Why there was confusing. an overcomplicated plot to prevent um, Cersei's daughter from dating Raph. Like it just felt like a really roundabout way pride. to you know pride, pride. Pride. I'm sorry to break this up. Like I'm gonna, you know, enlist these two others in the sin, uh, the House of Vengeance, and they're gonna pretend to be the same person. They're gonna break this up. It just felt overly complicated. Like you're a witch, couldn't you just like abracadabra? Right? Like we could have just gone to the curse part in the beginning. You know. Also, it was so confusing that the author had to write it in as the main character stating, "Oh, well, no wonder I couldn't figure it out because this person did this to this person, and this person did this to this person, this person did this to this person. This is how we got involved in our." I literally took that little like yeah, half a paragraph that she said, and I was like, I wrote it down because I was like, "Oh, this finally makes sense." Yeah, but, but why do you have to do that? Like, if you were writing it correctly the first time, it wouldn't have been so confusing for everyone else. I know we're supposed to be like figuring out the mystery along with her but yeah it was a lot i felt like a cheat yeah i think she left too much into book three um Mm -hmm. she should have done at least one or two um reveals in book two i agree i feel like book two was a little light in the reveals and the knowledge and i think we should have gotten a little bit more in that to set us up later for book three so it wasn't so much to just it almost felt like there was so much meat left on that bone that she had to like get it all out in this last book and she like i felt like every time we turned around there was new reveal yeah Yeah, i thought thought there was a new reveal but also it added questions i'm just like well okay why but right um, and then you had the whole murder part and you're like okay so what where what's where's this going how is i still don't know why that girl's important (laughs) no i don't either well caitlin you was it you or was it Britt who was like well clearly she's teeing us up for a spinoff i feel like everyone got that because it's so open-ended it's so clear that it's going to be a pride book next yeah yeah that's why i put even in our notes like loose ends i put pride lucia victoria yeah vampire court oh i should have wrote in there um werewolves people yeah the werewolves dominico and was it marcella 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 i also feel like I've been too hurt by SJM to know. And I'm like, there's 85% of this book left. Like, I'm at 85%. Some shit is about to go down. And then it was just like, happy endings. And like. (laughs) Yeah, they just kept continue on. And I was like, what's going on here? When is the ball going to drop? Like, there's got to be something here. And then just everything. I thought more was going to happen at the coronation. Because I was like, okay, it's building up. Something's going to happen. They're going to get attacked. Yeah, they even yeah. said that the Star Witches might attack on the coronation. I was like, "All right, let's go. We got eighty percent left. Let's do this." Nothing. I mean, good for I them. Think it did, happy they it got did wrap ending. it up nicely as far as like a happy, a happily right. ever after, though. Which is I like. I know most of the people that I interact with are just like that was a perfect ending. It's nothing like I feel satisfied with the romance, which yeah. is yes. what most people want wrapped mm-hmm. up. And so I yes. feel satisfied in that regard. As far as plot, you know, that's open-ended some of it for a reason. And so I just let it slide. 
But then the question is, are you interested enough where if the next book comes, if she decides to write another book, are you going to read it? That's what I'm wondering. Oh, yeah. If it's, if it, okay. If it's the Pride Lucia Victoria story, yes. Mm -hmm. If it's about the werewolves, no. Because I don't care about Domenico or his sister. I don't think the werewolves have enough meat on their bone yet. They don't have any. Well, even Victoria said herself, just like, he's nice, but he's not forever because he's going to die and I'm not. Yeah. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So I feel like if they do like a pride book with Victoria and Lucia, they might be a reoccurring character in that series because she's directly involved with him. Yep. With the werewolf. So because I like both Lucia and Victoria and enough for me to want both of them to have a happily ever after. And so maybe that's where Domenico comes in. Maybe. But he's an asshole and I don't like him. So he is. So like, I don't care about him getting a happy ending. We might find out more about his background, though. We might find out why he's like that. Yeah. Do we think, and maybe I just didn't pick up on this before, but do we think in book one, Domenico, as Vittorio's old boyfriend, knew what was up before Vittoria did? No. Mm. Do you think Victoria like, seeked him out because of that? Because I don't think they were fully dating. Amelia thought she was dating him, like, sneaking around dating him, but... Now I'm wondering if maybe she was sneaking around to get him to turn and then continue on with their little plan. That one. I think I that know. one's more yeah. the, best, the best path. Mm-hmm. So I'm still confused about the setup of hell. Yeah. And- I thought like, it was so clever though. I, I really liked that twist. Really? The shifting aisles part. I really I feel liked like it. That comes okay, across so as a like um so when they were sent to the mortal realm, it wasn't really the mortal realm. It was hell, mm-hmm. which tend to look like mm-hmm. the mortal realm. And it was Italy just for funsies. But they have like their yeah, whole essentially, yeah. little life. Like they have their own little lives where everyone seems perfectly happy and content. So it's confused how that could be hell as we know it as like the scary, punishing place. Well, I think hell is a different thing for everybody. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, I think what makes it hell is that it's not actually happy and it's not actually real and it's being controlled mm-hmm. by someone. So it feels very demonic to me. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen the good place yeah. with, um, it's no. literally it, reminds me of that. Oh, that reminds me of that. Yeah. With Kristen Bell. Yeah. Where they're like basically just threw these people into this dimension that they think they're living their normal heaven, mortal yeah. lives in heaven but they're actually in hell and they're just playing out their timeline and if something happens they just restart the timeline so you're constantly in the loop and that's how it is for that hell each person is in their own dimension Mm -hmm. it makes me wonder why the werewolves like do the werewolves also know that they're on the shifting aisles that was so that was my question that i was gonna get at like the supernatural creatures like do they get it why are they there why are they in the shifting aisles I think maybe just because it is hell and you are maybe just put into places. So. Maybe. So then the Star Witches, when they're protecting the gates and stuff like that, are they actually protecting the princes from entering the Shifting Isles or are they protecting them from entering the mortal realm? Where do the gates actually lead? No, they they weren't allowed. Oh, they were. They went because Pride was there. Yeah. I'm guessing the mortal realm because they were able to enter. See, and I assumed it was preventing the people 
from going into the demon other circles. Like, they have to be stuck on hell, so the gates prevent them from finding a way out. But I guess they wouldn't because they don't know they're there. Yeah, they don't know that they're in hell. not making sense. Because the star witches are supposed to be protectors. But the star witches are assholes. Well, yeah. But then it goes to the point, like, everyone thinks they're the good person and they have their own villain. So, like, at some point, each one of them is a villain to the other person. Did we talk about fully that Palermo, Sicily is, yeah, we talked about it, it's the Shifting Isles. Like, it's not actually a real place. So even mm. though Amelia thought she had this mortal timeline where she would lived in actual Italy, she did not. She was not in the mortal realm at all. They were on the Shifting Isles in this fake Sicily and everything was glamour. So their house was a glamour. The witches were glamour. Everything was not real. I will say, it did catch me by surprise when I was like, it's Claudia? Claudia is Lucia? I was going to text you guys and be like, Claudia, didn't see that coming. But anyway, I thought it would be like Um, old Sophia Santorini, whose brain, like, you know, went a little cuckoo. And that's what I thought would have been, like, the memory spell. I I thought for a minute it was going to be Nona Maria, and she had an old glamour. And, um... Oh, that could have been a thing. But then, yeah... Then I was like, oh, maybe not. So for the people who are listening, they became mortals because the Star Witches had twins in their covens. And part of the twins' destiny was to save whoever. And so they sacrificed their twins and give their twins' hearts to the goddesses, Amelia and Victoria, to make them mortal, to trap them into the Shifting Isles. Right. So... Here's part I was really confused at. When we first started the series in book one, we immediately get introduced to them at like 12 years old where they take off their pendant. So they're in a body of a 12 year old, right? They're eight. And then, or it was eight. So they did essentially, they were kids and they grew up. They said everything was glamored and it was like false memories. Yeah, they weren't actually children. But they still took off the necklace at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. Started the entire process. They just were adults that looked like kids. I guess. Okay. Or they thought they were kids. Yeah. Yeah. That was the part I was a little confused at because I was well, they definitely did take off the necklace at this point in time when they were this age and it started this entire spiral effect because it made Victoria get like her little whispers in her ears to lead her to the book, which led her down this road. Yeah. Were they kids? Yes. But was were they glamoured kids? Yes. <laughs> okay. That makes more sense. I was like so confused. I was like, what? Yeah. Again, I did like it. I just, I feel like it could have been executed a little bit better. I thought her ideas were really, really good here. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought actually all of her yeah. ideas were very good. I loved. All of her ideas are really good. Right. I just think it maybe it was a little confusing in the execution. Mm-hmm. The one loose end that I wish that had gotten tied was they never really talked with Nona Maria after Yes. They found out that she wasn't really their grandmother and that she was part of the witch who was keeping them cursed. Um, like, I kind of felt that they should have had that confrontation with her. Yeah. Again, they used her character as a telling point in this book to just kind of verbally spill out everything that she needed to know at that time versus actually having a dialogue and going back and forth and having her come to... Like, some sort of conclusion with this old lady. She did let her go when a battle. She was like, run, because she still felt like that was her grandmother. 
even though she kept coming back to kill her. Also known as a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I had a hard time reconciling Nona Maria from book one to the Nona Maria in book three. Because I feel like it went immediately from like this loving old grandmother with secrets to my mortal enemy who we will not talk to, speak to, see, and I'm going to actively kill. Like it just felt like a, yeah. big, a bit of a leap to me to get to that final conclusion. And I would have liked to see them just talk about it a little bit more maybe, like get some more of Nona Maria's secrets, like why she did this, why she knew. Because it did feel like she loved and cared for the girls. Like it did seem that way. She gave feel like- Mother Gothel vibes to me. You know. <laughs> yes. From Rapunzel. Yeah. You know I love a reference. It. Yeah. Definitely Mother Gothel. But maybe that's part of the meat of a spin-off series. That's why she kept it like that. Because yeah. so an editor would have flagged that. And I feel like um I, I think feel like Carrie's got something up, up her sleeve. Well, the way they ended the book when they're in House of Vengeance, the way they're talking about, oh, well, you know, the witches are still a problem. The werewolves are still a problem. The prince of demons, they are potentially always a problem because they just always are going through their courts. I just think there's going to be a spinoff and we're going to get more of that stuff there. Like we're going to see Nona again and she's going to directly battle Victoria and Amelia's going to have to come in now that she has her powers again. It'll be nice. It kind of reminds me of, have you guys done Caraval by Stephanie Gerber? It's on my list. Mm. Okay. Well, it's a circus world where it's kind of upside down craziness. Book one is on one sister and book two is on a different sister. And they kind Mm. of team up later. And I really liked the way it was done. So it kind of reminds me of that series. And how it's going to kind of come together maybe in another. So we got Amelia, Amelia's books this time. And then we'll probably get maybe Victoria's this next round. I hope so. I really hope and, so. And so then we'll, like Amelia will be a side character this time. So. Oh, and I guess clarification. Victoria is not evil. Yeah. She just has a really. She's not evil. She's just. She's complex. Yeah, she's out for vengeance, and it's one of those things where, yeah. you know, if you're acting out on your vengeance, you think you know what's right versus wrong, and sometimes you get a little blindsided by it. But I'm she sure definitely was. Pl- she has questionable methods. Yes. Well, I think um, she's just like, wouldn't you be bitter if you found out <laughs> that you have someone else's heart in you? You are forced to this aisle after you didn't really do anything wrong, and then. The, your whole 20 years or what was it six years 20 years um they were in this place 20 mortal quote unquote mortal years yeah six years six months and six days yeah in demon world i mean i'd be angry <laughs> yeah i mean i get it Plus, she just wants you know, her sister to like see the truth also she told her sister that someone needed to get the happy ending and i was like girl you're you're still you you're hiding there you still love your sister you're not this like crazy psycho but while i was reading the first and second book i had emailed you and i didn't realize that hilda was also emailing you back on the same thread yeah. and you had it was like the twin might be evil that's what people are saying and i was like saw a twin evil and i was like oh my god I had to like exit out immediately and just keep oopsies oopsies it's okay i feel like that was the universe Sorry. giving me payback because i definitely have spoiled the book for Hilda in the past oh this karma coming right back around yeah 
Now, we've covered a lot of parts of this so far, just kind of chit-chatting on our favorite parts, but there's some really good parts we haven't gotten into, and that would be the smut, because that's what we're all here for. Am I right, ladies? Finally, three bucks later. Well, two and a quarter bucks later. Now, there were some couple memorable scenes. Earlier, before we got on, we were talking about face-sitting the logistics that went on and happened with that. I was misremembering stalactites as part of this equation. Wrong smutty sexy scene. There were a lot. It's okay. You can get confused. I will say, though, that this book kept it refreshing. It was never the same thing in the same spot in the same verbiage. Like I was going to say that. They did, you know, and that's what I get like annoyed with when I read various smutty books is always like rinse and repeat in the same positions and the same like dirty talk, but... Rat kept it going. I cannot wait to use face sitting as one of our SEO tags when I <laughs> upload That's this a podcast. Whole different group of people we may get. This is not the Honey Do Me podcast. <laughs> no, no. I also felt that way. I felt like it was. Um, I feel like quality over quantity will always be my go-to. Um, I agree. But yeah, I felt like very refreshing. I feel like Carrie got very creative. In a way that I was just like, what's gonna? Like, I haven't seen this. What this is so this is so exciting. And I like that she used her environment as well. So yeah. when they were in the springs, this is your part, Caitlin. Your favorite part. You keep remembering. <laughs> every every sweaty scene. I'm like, is that the one with the stalactites? Because I gotta be honest, you don't see stalactites in a sex scene very often. So like, this we is have memorable. seen like when they're in springs, they get pushed up against the rocks, but hanging right. on for your dear life off of them. Uh huh. Yeah. That's something. Another level. I like it. And I agree with you, Britt. She did take it to new levels, which I feel like good for you, gal. You're really pushing the envelope here. Also good for you because your like in-person inspiration must be great. Fantasy. Also, I mean, it's the least she could have done. It took a while. I feel like the payout was good. This is how this is how I like my spice intention and romance to happen. I like a slow burn. I like um, build up and I like creativity. It's a formula for good times. I was going to say, let's. I don't even remember their first time, to be honest. Well, the first time, technically, uh, their first time got interrupted when she got kidnapped into the Shadow Realm, which I still don't understand the Shadow Realm part of okay. the story. That part, we end on a fade to black in book two, where things are picking up, we're getting hot and heavy, and then it's another, as you like to say it, Hilda, emotional blue balls when she's whisked away. I was just like, what? We were so close to having that. So I was really annoyed. Close. It's like, whoa. Just like Rafa. Are we considering that the first time though? Because like well, nothing actually that was happened. Supposed to be the first time. The first time actually ended up being when they went to Greed's house. Court. Yeah. Court. Whatever. And circle. There we go. Circle was um, And so she tried to make him jealous so that she wouldn't have to sign the blood oath because of the whole thing with her sister. And she was flirting with that Duke. Duke Devin? Yes. And then he got really pissed. And then he took her to the room. She was up against the wall. And then she started, they did it. And then she started having flashbacks about like, oh, have we done this before? And then that's when he broke part of her curse seal that she had. And then she remembered a little bit of who she was. Ah, yes. I do recall this now. The entire time I was reading that part where she was just trying to cause drama in greed circle i was like oh shit oh shit so i it's will about say to happen. i will say that the way that this book ended it definitely went in a different direction than i thought it was going especially with the whole like 
you've been in hell this whole time, but you've been in the shifting aisles, which is like a weird dimension that can be whatever you thought it was going to be. And it wasn't until sometime in book two that I got the vibe that he knew who she was. I thought the mystery was always like who he was, which is he's really the devil. But this whole like she's really the goddess of fury. It, I I was not expecting that plot point. I don't want to say I hated it, but I kind of feel like she decided to go in a different direction than maybe where she originally started her story. I think maybe she just didn't even know. I'm not mad about it. I thought I'm it was no. I thought it was good. So there's some really great favorite smut scenes in here that I think we all loved and finally got the payoff that we wanted. Are there any memorable moments for you guys to talk about? You know I had my stalactite moment, so <laughs> we had that. For this month? Mm-hmm. I did like her pearl dress. Like I thought that like when they went to the gambling hall, I felt like that was a fun, envious moment. Give me like Reese Farah vibes from Akatar. I love a jealous scene. I Ooh, love me. Too. I love it too. so much. I ate that up so well. And then he puts her over the shoulder. I'm pretty sure he spanks her for a sec. And I'm just I'm like, pretty sure. And I was like, yes. Oh, just I take me too. Does it. I really hope he did. Man, woman, you are mine. Just, oh, so good. The you are mine kills me every single time. Like butterflies. I eat it, I eat it up like breakfast, lunch, dinner. Give it to me. <laughs> <sighs> and snack because you know that was oh, snack. all the snacks. And it's funny. So in this gambling hall, she's pulling off a mission. She's trying to get some information out of this like unsuspecting lord. And they're gambling with lust at what I can only assume is like a craps or like poker table kind of situation. They're playing some kind of card game. And so she's getting all lusty, lusty on this poor lord. And she's like, but what do you know about Vesta in like this pearl dress? And this guy's just like, oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like trying to control himself, but then he can't. And I just feel like it's weird to then see this man again being like, I saw what you were doing to yourself looking at me. We all saw it. And then he peed himself. uh, When Rath got super pissed. Yes. feel like it'd be weird to make eye contact with him again directly. You know what I mean? I love that the entire time she was doing that, she could still like feel his presence behind her. Like he, she knew he was watching. God, loved it. I think that was my favorite scene. It was so good. Well, I really liked the springs. Because water. I like watery scenes too. I like them a lot. Hence the reason I liked it from Blood and Ash so much because they had their I've, springs moment as well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not specifically recalling the springs moment. What are you talking? There was two she, times in the springs. One this book and one in the previous book. I remember the previous so, one. She had to get healed. Uh-huh. From the werewolf bite. Uh-huh. From No, not from the werewolf bite. From the stabbing... This wasn't this after Victoria took her heart? No. Or was it? She was no. already healed then. It was they were traveling back. So if I'm to remember this correctly, because I read this like a while ago, she is on the mission to go save him from wherever Victoria had her him. It was after they're traveling back from Greece and they get ambushed by Victoria and her wolves. And Victoria pretends that she has the blade that's gonna kill him stabs him and has poison in it and then she reveals it to his sister like oh he's not actually dying i just tricked you but he is being poisoned and then he she gets taken to the underground cell she gets broken out of that thanks to her mother who is the crone mm-hmm. which i want to talk about because i was a little bit confused on this yes carry on and then well 
write that down because you know we'll go on a tangent and we'll forget. Right. Then her and I think Envy was with her. Was it Envy? Mm-hmm. And Estella Crossman. Yes. So okay. they went on their little journey to go to the gates to get out to go save Wrath. The gates are broken or like locked, not broken. And so they end up in Pride's court or circle because he has the secret portal and Pride's like, no, I'm not going to give you access. And she basically does a blood oath and is like, I'm going to come back with all of Rat's army and I'm going to do whatever it takes to save him because I love him and he's my man and you guys are all fucked. And then Wrath immediately enters and he's like, explain. And it turns out him and his brother was trying to test her to make sure that she wasn't betraying him again because she still doesn't remember her past at that time. And so they're like, are you in cahoots with Victoria? And they're like, no, this just happens to, you know, she jumped in at the same time and took us away. So we just went with the flow. And then, because she was still hurting, he took her back to the springs to heal her, you know, then and fuck her. Go. And then they went on <laughs> okay. with their lives. But she had, she had a huge, she had a huge ass gash though. And like on, cut. on her back. Okay. Her okay. I'm her remembering this I think it was, it was her, her chest. chest. It was her chest. Because he needed to like hold on to her or something to be able to transport her. But I don't think it was just Ow. from Domenico. I feel like it was something else. Could she got, be. But anyways, she they go to the spring, she gets healed, and they have quite a bit of sexy time in the springs. Now you brought up another point. So I'm going to do a little tangent off the sexy time, which we know is great stuff. Something you mentioned a bit earlier, Bridget, was the crone being her mom. So the crone in this is Celestia, I believe was her name. Brit, yeah. am I saying this correctly? Yeah. Okay, good. 90% are. of the book in my brain was like Celestina. And then I realized halfway through, I'm like, no, that's not it at all. And you know, I just like corrected. shortened her name to Celeste and called it a day. And then I was reading it like the last time I was like, oh, wait, no, her name is Celestia. A tangent on a tangent, I will just say the one name that popped up was Cersei, and I'm like, I appreciate you being spelled the exact way that you were said. Because in Game of Thrones, it's not spelled like that. Right. This was S-U-R-S-E-A, sir. C. Easy peasy. Loved it. It was so easy, I second-guessed myself. I was like, wait, is this pronounced the way that I think it's pronounced? (laughs) That's not how I would have read it. (laughs) Because Cersei is C-E-R-C-A. So how would you have read that? S U R S E A. Uh Circaea or <laughs> something like that. So like Circea? Yeah, like Circea. I would have said Circea. Okay. Circe from Game of Thrones is C E R S E I. See, in yes. her name, I'm like, you're just like a C and then vowels. Like I couldn't tell you how that's spelled. Oh, the English language. But then I think about that book by I forget her name, but that's C I R C E. Circe, and I'm yes. pretty sure that's the correct uh-huh. spelling of the Circe mythology. Yes. What book was that in? I read this. Wasn't that? It's Circe. Yeah. It's, it, that's the title. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm like, was this in Neon Gods? Where did I read this? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty not. sure there's a Circe in that one too, because it's well, a, I'm sure a, there is. It's like a, yeah. it's a Greek mythology retelling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, Circe, like you get a lot of Circes, but I would have... Yeah, I would have thought it was spelled C. I meant C I R C E because that's yeah, the book. The traditional way. Well, nope, she finally, made it super easy for us. The book gods time. threw that's us great. a bone and made it easy for us. Us, the, Our the chronic misspellers. Yes. But something that was interesting, so I didn't, I want to talk about this because 
I think this is one of those plot points where like we there was more meat for us to unpack here. And, you know, there's a precarious situation where Amelia is held in a jail with Envy, right? It was Envy, not Greed. Envy. Yeah, it had to be Envy. And Vittoria is coming to taunt them from the jail cell. You know, um, she's very bruised. That's where she had her big scratch on her. She was like, it was like festering. And Envy was like, gross. And it almost felt like a little bit of a white night. Like in comes Celeste. Well, now I'm saying it wrong. Now we've spent too much time on it. Celestia. (laughs) Celestia. Celestia, who we were formally introduced to as Wrath's Master of Potions. And it turns out she is the twin's mom. Well, we find out last week that she's the crone. Right. Of the the crone, the mother, and the maiden. She's the crone. So she is basically a titan, is what they had called her at one point. Right. And she created the goddesses that we know as wrath and fury vengeance and they were and there fury, before right? yeah vengeance and fury is it no it's yeah. house of vengeance it's death just death and fury yeah there we go oh, man thank god like, <laughs> for real so she created those two goddesses and apparently her niece is also the first witch okay so who is her the first witch's mom fucking i know well if she was created <laughs> then she wouldn't have a mom but then right, why but would then she be later considered they Paul her as their, niece versus Yeah, they mentioned like her as her niece. And I remember thinking, and this was, I think it was referred to during the throne room scene where the vampires come and like the first witch is there, Cersei is there, and they're, they're talking about the crone and her niece. And I was just like, well, hold on. Who is, who is your mom? And I thought maybe I skipped over this, so I just wanted to discuss it with you guys, but apparently no one else knows. Well, wouldn't it be one of the other goddesses then? I think maybe this is something left open, but um, for a next book, as far as like the mothers, the creators, and who belongs to who. Yeah, there's definitely more meat on this bone. And I feel like I am down to explore that path, but like maybe just the explanation so my brain's not like going down a path that hits a roadblock and like, oh, we don't have an answer for this. So moving on. You know, like I could have explored that more, but I would have liked to maybe know. Just to help me orient myself in this new world. Well, assuming if she's the crone, we're assuming one of them might be the mother and the maiden. I don't know. I think we might see them in future books, unless we've missed them somehow in this book. But I don't believe we've missed them because I don't remember another motherly figure. Right. And we don't even get into the rest of them. You're absolutely right. We just like, we only meet the crone. Like, unless Nona is something... So that's what I kept thinking. I kept thinking Nona was the crone. The inter- well, I guess like up not up until we well, finally. I kept thinking I that Nona was, was the first too. witch. Yeah, I thought for sure she was going to be the first witch yeah, once we Nona found out they witch. were betraying her. But uh, Nona is just, just yeah. Speaking of Nona, I'm. She's just a witch bitch. I wish <laughs> that there had been closure with Nona. Yeah, I, I don't feel like there before. was. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about this, right? We started. I don't know if we actually fully finished it because we had some Wi-Fi issues. Sorry, Um, it's all good. Happens, but I agree. She was just there. She played such an important role in the first two books. Even if she wasn't there in person, you know, Amelia still held her close to her heart. She wasn't a very fleshed out character. Yeah. So let me see if we got this right. So. Cersei's daughter, Lucia, fell in love with Pride. Pride yes. was a philanderer. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And he couldn't be faithful to the marriage. And so Lucia knew this going into the marriage, but she thought he would change, but he didn't. So she was unhappy. So then Cersei, as the first witch, went to Wrath to like, hey, get your brother in line, but Wrath wouldn't do it. So then Cersei flips out and she curses Wrath and she does that whole hell curse, which has which a lot feels of different- a bit dramatic. I feel like the brunt of that should have been on Pride, but fine. Well, yes, I agree with you there. But also I feel like there was a lot of different components to the curse where like everybody got cursed. I think all I- the princes got cursed in some form. And I think they mentioned that too, that all of them gave up something, but, but we don't know not what. all of them have told Wrath what that something was. Right, because it so, exposes a weakness for them. Exactly. And then also at some I point... I found this on the web. Oh, shush, Siri. Um, and then at some point, however, Lucia leaves Wrath. Pride. Pride, sorry. She leaves Pride and she takes a tonic to forget her memories and she goes to live in the Shifting Isles which is a dimension of hell that can become whatever you want it to become. And so for her, it became Palermo, which is whatever, like in Sicily. Correct. And she's kept there by the coven or the coven of witches that are there. But then Cersei goes to House Vengeance and she tries to get Fury and Death, those goddesses, to play the tricks on Wrath and pride in the process so lucia was still at court i was about to say court pride pride circle when the twins started their little i guess but what's her face but amelia says that she never met lucia no because her sister was pretending to be nicolette which is the person that they had created to date both of the brothers so she knows her sister knew Lucia because she spent time in Pride Circle. So, so they actually addressed the it line. in the book as well. Because she so, was like, I- Lucia, well, not Lucia, um, Amelia had asked her sister, like, when you got back your memories, did you immediately realize that that was Lucia? And she was like, basically, yes, but it's not my place to tell her who she is. Okay. So then. Emilia falls in love with Wrath and she ends up telling him everything, but then they get cursed. And so this is the part that I don't think was fully explained is because then they got cursed and they also got banished to the Shifting Isles, but we don't really know why. Or did Yeah, like was why? that was that part of Wrath's section or was that one of the first the what's her name? Cersei's section of the I of think the curse? it was like a combo. I think the curse from what I think, from what, like in my head, I just determined this was what was happening. But the curse went into effect when they were in love because the curse was supposed to take away anything that he loved and made them hate him or make him hate it. And so then she got pulled away from him. And at the same time, I think the first witches were ambushing her and they captured her. Now that I say it out loud, now I'm starting to think that she definitely got captured by the first witch. Oh. I was actually going to say, from what you said, I feel like the first part makes sense because he, she cursed him that he, whatever, he would never be able to have what, like, he loved or whatever that part was. So maybe when they were confessing to each other in the garden, once he said, like, I love you, it makes sense that she would disappear. Because that's what it makes it seem 
like yeah and the first witch captured her immediately afterwards and then her sister went to go save her or look for her and then got captured again Mm. all in all a very confusing curse that has a lot of players okay so before i forget this you know how we were talking about lucia was upset that her husband was the way he was and left you know at no point in this book she actually said that it was never actually said on her behalf that she was uh, the reason she was leaving Pride. Because I was like, why isn't she saying it? All we got from her was basically like she wants to forget everything. And her mom was like, perfect. Here's this and this. And she's like, you were expecting me to do this after all this time. And she goes, I just knew him and I was prepared. I don't know if anyone else got that. But I was like, so is she actually leaving him because he is falling for someone else? Or is something else going on? I thought I took it as she just knew he wasn't going to be all there for her. And she just knew in her heart that she needed to step away before it got even more serious. And the only way for her to stop feeling what she was feeling was to forget. Yeah. And I feel like she... Are we just connecting dots? I think so. That's what I thought at first. And then I was thinking about it because I went and reread it and I was like, at no point in her section did she like actually say she was leaving pride because he couldn't be faithful because at that point he was actually faithful he was just pretending to be unfaithful to keep up appearances because that's his downfall is pride he'll like rap says it so many times like he pretends so many things just to keep up because that's just him it's his it's his essence if you will isn't he also the same circle that was like growing that weeds or something to that would the be able slumber. to take out okay another untapped plot point i feel like because that was something that was mentioned in book two where she stumbles upon this slumber root thing and he's clearly amassing a bunch of it and like oh he was just getting that to like find his his wife again like uh, he's gonna roofie her with this like what was the game the big plan with this i don't understand well Amelia ends up using it for wrath to knock him out to go do whatever she needed to do i forget what Right, but, but like, what was the larger he, purpose? He built, and then he's also like not sitting on his throne in his circle. He's out there with his guard. So there's definitely more to his story. I think there's definitely going to be a spinoff. So, oh, 100%. I hope Speaking there is. Of the spinoff. In the potential spinoff, we have a love triangle between Lucia, Pride, and Vittoria. Vittoria, yeah. How do we want that to play out? So I have thoughts. I think I'm a little burned from, from Blood and Ash. That weird throubling. I'm not sure I was super into in Neon Gods when we had Achilles, Achilles, Patrocles, and Helen. Helen. Not sure I was super into that. So I don't know if I'm like into them being like this super throuple, but I sort of feel like I want him to pick pick Victoria. I feel like Lucia slash Claudia, because that's the big reveal. Claudia is is Lucia. Uh, Lucia. And uh, yeah, it was just I, I don't I don't know if I like feel like that's done though like we're done we're done with that they're done with their lot their plot point she has moved on and I don't know she she, she was left the necklace for a reason or pendant stone whatever was left for her I was assuming it was like Harry Potter and you take the little like it's a little glow basically and you just pop it in your mouth for whatever reason yep that's what I'm assuming it is I don't know but I think she's gonna use it she seems oh, a little so. braver than I thought she was. I think she's going to use it too. But like, how is that book going to play out? The thing is, I still don't know if I like Victoria. I was like, going to okay, say, fine. I'm not sure. If, like, if I was going to root for someone, I think I would pick Lucia. Yeah. I think I would pick her because I feel like their story is better. 
Victoria is more, I don't know, it was just flirty and fun, but maybe she caught feelings for him. And she's I side chick energy. She, yes. Yeah. I mean, although like she harsh. is she is a good character, but I do feel like if it seems obvious to me that in the next book, to make it different from Kingdom of the Wicked, you wouldn't do another princess with a prince. You would you would need to do a different dynamic, which would be Claudia or Lucia to make it different. So I understand that it's going to be a somewhat triangle, but I do think it's going to be Lucia in the end because it would just be a repeat. I don't think at any point, we know that Pride has some sort of feelings towards Vittoria. And we get like at one moment when he looked at her, Amelia thought he saw hurt in his eyes. So I know he definitely feels betrayed. I don't know if he actually ever had feelings for her. It was more about like she found him compatible or he found her compatible and vice versa. He's always said that he loves Lucia. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons that he could be hurt. You know, his pride could have been hurt because he found out that she was just using him. He could have been hurt because she caused him to lose his wife because why would he take responsibility for his actions, you know? So there's a lot of reasons for potential hurt. So I think I am also on the, I want him to end up with Lucia if that were to happen. But I don't know what to, what should become of Vittoria because I don't necessarily want her ending up with Domenico. I don't like that guy. People can grow on you. I love a good redemption arc. Maybe. You know, I do too. I do too. There could be some. I'm going to go like, completely left field here and say she's going to end up with a vampire because we were introduced to vampires there's been absolutely nothing said about them but we know they have a part in this entire storyline so i'm just gonna say maybe we'll leave her for a vampire at least we know they are immortal they said that she's deaf and so that's why they were trying to make a bargain or like become alliances with amelia because they are undead and she's the goddess of death so I feel like there's something there that they can work on. I, don't I know. wonder if Carrie will pull, not that she's the only one who does it, but like a, a Sarah J. Mass where it's the trilogy and then she'll do single books of spinoffs with characters mm-hmm. instead I of doing like that trilogy, has... trilogy, trilogy. I would like that. I would. I read would these. like that. I would. I'd be. I'd read that in a second. I'd read it. I just we don't talk know. about it on the podcast. I don't know if there would be enough meat. Well, there could be for there to be more than a single book for these side characters. I think for Pride, Lucy, and Victoria, there might be the initial who's going to end up with who, and then there's going to be a book after that where Victoria will end up with whoever she's supposed to be ending up or made it to. If I'm making a prediction. Or a thing in this book, I don't know. If I'm making a prediction, I think it would be Nona is still your villain in this, and somehow Pride, Lucia... Victoria have to overcome their weirdness to defeat her. That's my guess. Gotcha. I like it. She's got a lot to work with. Again, I think a lot of the reason people didn't like this book because I did go through the Goodreads and uh, it does have mixed reviews and people are just like the last one, this last book was a mess. It's so open-ended. The, the two, there's too many information bombing. There was and a I lot agree, of information I agree with all of that, but I don't necessarily think all of that is a bad thing because I see I see what Carrie is trying to do and I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So 
my biggest thing would have been that she added these new plot points. It was the Vesta thing that really got me all messed up. Yeah, it was the Vesta. It really was. Like the Vesta and Domenico story was just unnecessary. Everything else I think would have been fine. Information bombing. Yeah, maybe she could have been a little bit more skilled in how she revealed some of this stuff. But ultimately, I, it was it was enjoyable. What did I say? I said I would give it three and a half out of five. That's not just a bad because, Yeah, just mm-hmm. because she introduced, though, all these new plot points and ideas. And I was like, no, just give me smut. And there was a decent smut. amount of spl- a smut. Like, I like that she spaced it out throughout the book as well. So you were getting smut, plot, subplot, yeah. smut. I felt like a nice little yeah. flow there. And I However, was, I, smut flow was good. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like Amelia was so focused on the whole Vesta murder that I kept forgetting that that was not the main plot point here. Agreed. That's a good and point. That- also, I feel like smut flow is now a new level, which we should grade books at. Like, did it have a proper smut flow? Um, yes. Most books do not. So when I see no. one that does, I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, a lot of books when you're talking about spicy books, you can tell the writing is like, what can I fill between the pages of the smut? So we can just get to the smut. Let's just, mm-hmm. what what can we do here? Where I feel like this book, this is why I liked it so much because you're given plot and romance intention and character development. And then you get the payout and that stuff is still there with the smut. Yes. Right. They just keep adding on to it versus replacing one part with smut, period. What are we missing here? Uh, the ending, how it ended. Ah, uh, yes. How did it end, Britt? Jog my memory. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, we didn't really talk about a lot of people's pet peeve. I was talking about my friend and she's like, I was like, why didn't you give it a five star? You said you loved it. And she gave it a four star. And she's like, there's a, there's a trope in here that I absolutely hate. It's in Throne of Glass. It's in so many what? books. Can you guess what it is? It's the giving up your powers trope. Oh, and, oh. look at yeah. all of us go. Oh, yes. But you know I, I don't care for that trope it. either. Now that I know it's a thing. But continue. Because like Aelin, she had to give up after eight books and all she did, she had to give up her powers. And she's like, I hate it when it's those books. I was just like, I get it. And she did get a lot of her powers back. She was so happy. She was so sad to have to give up her powers to save the man she loved. And then obviously he was the one who gave some back to her. I liked it because of the way it was done. Because it it just proves love. It's just like, I am willing to give up something that is me because she like after she gets all her memories back she's like I forgot how powerful I was I forgot I felt like something part of me was missing like she felt whole again after getting her memories back and, and unlocking all of her magic or magic and then she has to go and tell tell Wrath to flip and stab her we haven't even gotten to that part yet I loved it and he was crying on top of her she thought maybe it was raining but he was crying after he stabbed her and You're then, making me fall in love with this man again. <laughs> stop. I will convince anybody that this is more than a man. Beth is, <laughs> is a good is a good contender for the white cheese list. So it's not even that she was proving like it was showing love. It was showing character growth for her because yes. before everything, she would have never thought twice about giving up her powers for anyone. She was doing it not only for her husband she was doing it for the other princes as well as the entire realm and she just saw a better way of life without her powers and the way they wrote it the way they did it i loved it 
I did not like it in Throne of Glass because I was just like, you gave me this badass character and she was a badass all the way through. And that was how everything ended up. Um, I still love the book, though. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. It was in, though, when she when Sarah J. Mass wrote Throne of Glass, that was the in thing to do is give up everything at the end. I'm just over self-sacrificing women because yeah. we've gone through enough as a woman. Stop making us give up more shit when we're already a badass. I but think that's book, also why I, I like Resand because he gave up his life. But anyways, yes. So when she did that and he like stabbed her and then like later on when he was able to, I guess he was able to because he was in his full power. It's something that he was able to do later. With When they completed their entire marriage bond, he was able to transfer his powers into her. So they're sharing. But, you know, throughout the entire book, he always said what what was his is hers. And I think he was subtly hinting to it, not knowing that she would have to sacrifice her powers, but was always there willing to give out anything that she, anything. she needed that he had. Man, this man. Woo. Always. And Love he was him. just always there because... He just always knew who she was. He's like, I'll give you anything. I'll give you anything. Oh, the one they were in the kitchen and he was like, you know, I hate the people who raised you and when you were considered a mortal or a witch or whatever, but they taught you how to cook and it brings you peace. And for the for that, you know, it you know, I hate them a little less. I was melting on the floor. I was yeah. like, why is this so cute? Yeah. Really, really cute. Really good so, details. I agree. And you brought up something that sparked my memory, Bridget. And we talk about the Shifting Isles as a place of hell. But it seemed like everyone there, again, was living like a very fine life. So that means that Victoria's real parents were brainwashed to believe that these were actually their children. Or were they in on it from the beginning? I Shoot, think were, were they even real? Witches. I think they right, were probably that's what I wanted to know. That I feel like on he... it. Or were I'm they sorry, a glamour? No. I don't That's a good question. Because oh. who slits her throat? Which is Envy? Yes. And Envy. Yes. Is it Envy who goes in and like envy. basically slits Nona's throat and then captures mom and dad? Um, so Envy doesn't like these people. And would you consider Envy like a bad guy? Because if he's not a bad guy, it would mean that these witches are bad or not real. I would have liked more clarity around like what her act, maybe it's because I am a parent. Like I would have liked more clarity on like what, what her parents, like her parents were also there. Like, yes, her grandmother was a figure, but like, what, what do they think? And maybe well, that's why that they, they were... weren't so torn up and they're like, hey, your sister just died and you haven't been back in like a month. And no one seemed to be worried about it at all. You know, I want to say it must have been a glamour because not no point when she has encountered the Star Witches has she mentioned that she saw her parents. She's only well, ever if seen you remember, Nona. Well, first of all, the magic had skipped her mother, supposedly. Right? Supposedly, yeah. Her mother didn't, supposedly. And then her dad, obviously, is a man. So he doesn't he doesn't factor into like the witchy part so maybe they were also just a weird glamour or just a part of the coven part of the coven and lesser yeah because like because when lucia became claudia and she was taken to her family her aunt obviously wasn't really her aunt so maybe it was sophia is there though she's like an actual witch 
No, but Carolina, I think. Yeah, Carolina's her aunt. Carolina was her oh. aunt. Carolina was her aunt that took her in when she became Claudia. So maybe it was a similar situation here where you have Nona as the grandmother and then, you know, two parents. I'm wondering now that we're talking through this out loud, if the original twins that were sacrificed, that was their parents, parents, original parents. I'm assuming if that was the case, I, I would believe. The other thing that's weird too is that only six years, six months, and six days has transpired in hell, but then supposedly it was 20 years in the Shifting Isles, although not really 20 years. Well, I feel like that's just something that you just accept. Like, like it felt like 20 years, magic. but it was only six years. Like it felt like 20. She's got the memory yeah, of like, 20 years. It's like Halloween Town, like, you know, here in the mortal world, it's only a couple hours, but in Halloween Town, it's like... I- a couple of years. Hilda, do not tell me you have not seen Halloween Town I've either. never seen Halloween Town. Jesus, I, I love I that you're either. What? Thank you, Brett. Gosh. Thank you. Thank you. you I was like, I Disney love that you're referencing Halloween? Halloween Town. It's spooky season. Listen, I just it do is. Focus and Casper and that's all I do. Okay, but do you also watch the Casper with um Hillary Duff in it? Yes. Okay, cool. I was like, we can still be friends now. <laughs> it's Wendy and Casper, Hilda. Yeah. Does anybody just watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Of course. I've seen all of it. I didn't. Okay. I'm with well, you. Once, once is good enough. Well, I think we've said all we can say and more uh, of Kingdom of the Wicked series in this last book, Kingdom of the Feared. But before we go, did you guys have any last thoughts? How did you guys feel like it wrapped up in the end? Like that last two chapters where you're like, that was nice. It's not, it's not like explosion, explosion, explosion. Oh, I love you so much. End. I liked how it was explosion, explosion. Now let's have a party. We're happily right. ever after. This is what I would assumed was the epilogue. If you were to read one, they just included it in the story. Which I, I did like it. But I also think she was placing small hints here and there to open up the story for the second book. Because we did end up in the House of Vengeance you did see that dialogue between her and her twin sister. They did reference keeping the other courts in line. And I think there was a reference to the star witches and Nona and stuff like that. So I feel like there's more battle to be had and more yeah, relationships. There is. There's, to be like she's out. created a, she's cre- like the underworld is a big, can you even call it the, is it the underworld? I don't know. It's big. The hellscape. Do, I don't yeah. know. There's so you much can do there. So much, you can do so much with it. We, it's, we only got to really see four princes in their glory. Yeah. I still want the details of when Anir and Fauna hooked up. <gasps> me too. Oh, Give me them. a novella. I'll take that so, in a novella. I hope yes. to get that in the future. And I guess there's more to the werewolves that we're still missing. And I don't know what which book series they're going to fall into. I don't find the werewolves, though, in this world compelling. I don't. I really couldn't care less, but they were enough to be two main, semi-main characters. Like, I not think, main characters, but... I think they were Easter eggs. I feel like the vampires and the werewolves were basically bait and a segue into what's coming later. I feel like that was kind of my vibe. I was like, why is she throwing these people in? There's already mm-hmm. enough magic. There's already enough felt, side characters. Yeah. I felt that specifically with the vampire court where she just dropped them in for like a chapter and then boom they were gone again yeah so she's oh she like it's hard i understand that's why I, 
I would never give this book a bad rating because I understand what Carrie is trying to do. She is both trying to end a story and open it up at the same time. And that's really hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. I get what she's doing. I feel like I have been too hurt, apparently, too damaged from reading all these other books where all the shit goes down in the last 20% of the book. So we're reading it. I'm like, I'm at 88. Things are wrapping up. This is sounding too nice. Like, it's too nice. It's too perfect. Everyone's too in love. Like, something's yeah. not going to happen. It did it which was very shocking to me that it just wrapped up nicely. Like you said, everyone's in love. We have these Easter eggs to touch on, you know, later, these open-ended things to explore later. But it just really took me for a loop that things just wrapped up nicely. And I'm not mad about, again, too damaged apparently. Yeah, it wrapped up on a spicy, like a lead into a spicy seat. And I was like, ah, you got me, but it was good. (laughs) <laughs> it, it ended on Amelia and Rath together, and I liked it a lot. I did in too. the library in with the I was say shackles, manacles. Oh yeah, I was like, I, I, we could pick up right there. I'd be very happy with a book four picking up right there. You could just give me like an entire novella of just spot between the two of them, and I'll be happy. I think just we've said before. That scene. There's not a library that we just don't love a good sex scene in. I told you libraries, libraries are great and places. thrones and yeah. have libraries every and thrones. single time followed by springs. A new trope, a new trope for us. <laughs> Library, throne, springs. Where do we fall? Well, to wrap things up, Brip, we have loved having you as our guest and our first guest ever. We never forget our first. It's you, girl. But <laughs> tell us where can we find you so all of our followers can find you there too. I'm on TikTok at Listen with Brit and book uh, Bookstagram, so Instagram at Listen with Brit as well. I'm just my same name everywhere. Just Listen with Brit on all the things. We're gonna Excellent, listen with Brandy. you. And we're gonna learn because that's what we do. Before we go, wanted to quickly ask: since you're the one that put us on this book, what are you reading next? What are you most excited about? Ooh, I am currently listening to the last book of the Savage Land series, so that's gonna wrap up. And then, I don't know, I'm hoping to get into more spooky stuff this, uh, this spooky season. I want to I wanna get scared, I think. Ooh. Well, you drop us those recos. You put it up on your TikTok and we'll follow along. All right, guys. Well, that's all today from the Book Talk Made Me podcast. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. If you've liked what you've heard so far, please drop us a line and let us know what you thought on Apple Podcasts. We'd love a rating and review. Five stars would be great, but you know, do what you want. Oh, oh, and shout out also to Macnees for the review that you left us on Friday. Thank you very much. It It made us very excited. We appreciate it. And we love you. Yeah, you're also our best friend who can talk books with anytime. Just hit us up in our DMs and IG. We're more than happy to talk about all the books. Yeah, she's like, I want someone to talk smut with. I'm like, it's us. That's us. That's why we're here. (laughs) You found us. We're so glad you did. And we will catch up with you guys next time. That's all from us today, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.